0: Brilliant. Okay, well, this is actually really good that so many of you are chatting because that was one of the first things that I wanted to do this morning. Um, This morning, I'm going to be speaking on something, um, which I'll introduce in a moment. But what I think would be really great is to have some space during me talking for you to be able to process and chat together together. So um, if you could look around you and get into groups of about maybe three, four, five, that sort of number. Um, Now, if you don't really want to chat to people, that's absolutely fine. I am more on the introverted end of the spectrum as well. You can sit on your own, that's fine. You might want to process it by yourself, that's absolutely fine. Because this morning, we're going to be continuing our series on Live No Lies, which is a book that's written by John Mark Comer. And um, some of this has been coming through the worship, hasn't it, about us believing God's truth over lies that might be given by Satan. Um, Okay, so we're going to have a chance to chat together also as a heads up. The children in the primary school age group, the year Rs to fives, are roughly following along this series with us. And you might think, what? Why are you doing that? Uh, The reason that we're doing that is because we really can see that after COVID, actually, there's quite a lot of anxiety and worry amongst the children. And we could be worried about... The children knowing that there's a devil, but actually, if they know to learn, learn to know the difference between what's the devil speaking and what God is speaking, then they are going to be able to fight that battle of truth over lies. And so this morning, hang on. You won't be able to see this, but the children, the ones in year out of five, will be coming out with one of these. And it has a very stereotypical Jesus on, which we absolutely apologize for, and a very stereotypical devil on the back. So I really apologize in advance if you have a small child running up to you like, ah, I'm sorry. But what we want to show to them, show the, them, is that Jesus speaks truth in our lives, and the, the devil speaks lies, and they're opposite. They're opposite to one another, and they got a choice of which one to believe. So just a heads up of that. And it's something that you can be chatting about at lunchtime, which you might think, I don't want to talk about the devil at lunchtime. Um, but the more we engage with this in different ways, the, the more we'll be able to grapple with it. Now, as Theo introduced last week, there is a book that you could, could get, or an audio book as well, There's also some podcasts, This Cultural Moment, I would particularly recommend, which was um, brought out about three years ago and kind of speaks about what's going on in society at the moment. Now, over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the devil, the flesh, and the world. And you might think, why on earth are we doing this? This is really heavy. Um... We'd just done Fruitfulness on the Front Line, which was a really lovely series where we talk about us as Christians going into our place of work or being on our neighbourhood or volunteering and showing the love of Jesus. We, we need to be equipped ourselves. But it's also really important that we know where we're going. If we want to seek the peace and prosperity of our communities, and our workplaces and our streets and our families, then we need to know what we're walking into. We need to not be totally blind to the cultural moment that we're in. Um, It's the same for us as the children. We need to be able to discern what's going on. So that is why we're doing this series. Uh, I think it's really important for us as we step into our communities. a couple of weeks ago in our Benton Park community, Roy was praying for some of us and he said, you need to wise up. And it really hit me. And I, th- I, 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 don't, I can't remember if you mentioned the devil at that point, but we need to wise up to what's going on around us. And so that's what we're going to be doing. So to start off with, let's pray and center on God. Father, I thank you that you're here with us this morning. I thank you for your truth. Jesus, I thank you that you came to set us free with your truth. And I pray that we would be listening to that. That we'd be able to discern what's going on around us. But we would be able to (laughs) fight this war of truth over lies in our lives and in our communities and in our society. Okay, so I'm going to be reading this morning from John 8, 31 to 47. So if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, do open those up. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will be set free. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of what you are trying to, uh, but some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, that you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, We aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, If God were your father, you would love me, because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me, for you are the children of your father the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the word of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do for a moment now is just reflect on that passage together. So... um Turn in your groups of three or four. Make sure that people around you are included uh, if they want to be, um, and have a little think. What stands out to you in this passage? And is there a particular word or phrase that the Holy Spirit is is nudging you with? I'll give you about a minute or two to have a chat. Okay, brilliant. If you're delving into this and it's something that you want to talk about more, you could do that in your, in your groups or go away and have lunch together and chat more about that. Okay, so we're going to do a, a really quick summary of, of, of this passage and what it is that, that God is... Um, Speaking through this and what Jesus is trying to teach. Okay, so the overview of this passage is that to Jesus, there is a devil. He is a real and intelligent being. His end goal is to spread death in our souls and in society on a broader level. The way that he does this is through lies. He does do it through other ways, but mainly through lies. The lie is core to the devil's character. And finally, our primary war against the devil's fu- devil is a fight to believe truth over lies. Okay, so first of all, who is the devil? Um, okay, so this is a very quick summary. If you want to go into more depth, then do read the book because that goes into more detail. In Ezekiel 28, uh, we see that the devil was created by God. Created being the key word there. He has a beginning and he will have an end, which is encouraging. He will have an end. In the story of Job, we can see that he was uh, somehow on God's counsel in some way, but he fell out with God. And this is important for us to realize because... Often we have this image, maybe that sort of image that I'm giving your children, of um, the devil on one shoulder, this cartoon devil, and God on the other. And they're equal. They're not. The devil is subject to God. Uh, God is superior over the devil. God will win. The devil won't. Because Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. He came to... Defeat the devil in the desert. He came to um, cast out demons and teach people. He came, of course, to die and be resurrected and reconciled to God. In Colossians 2.15 it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them by death on the cross. But... Jesus's victory over um, Satan is a little bit like D-Day. So uh, D-Day was the war that kind of, the battle that marked the beginning of the end of World War II on the 6th of June. But there was still a long way to go before they reached Berlin. And, and that's the same for us. Easter Day marked the... the The end of, of, um, mark the beginning of the end for Satan, but he is still here, um, the battle is not over, and he's a little bit like a wounded animal, who's still there, wounded, but he's still got a bit of fight left in him. Um, And so the war is ongoing for us, as followers of Jesus, we are in a battle, we're in a constant war. When I was a child, I think my first memory verse that I learned was give all of your worries to Jesus because he cares for you. Which is a great verse and one that I love to remind the children of very regularly. But the verse after that says, in verse 1 Peter 5 verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. And I don't want to scare everybody this morning, but we've got to be aware that the, the devil is prowling around. He, he does want to get us, he does want to bring us down. Um, and just trying to bury our heads in the sand about that isn't going to help. Um, but the good news is that our hope um, is, in, is in Jesus when he returns and when. The devil is defeated once and for all, and we can live in God's creation without the devil. So that's kind of a summary of, uh, of that passage uh, about who Jesus believes the devil to be. And then he goes on to say that the devil's end goal is to spread death. Verse 44, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. And then Jesus goes on to say later in John, uh, as Catherine said earlier, the, th- the, the thief, I struggle with my fuzz and fuzz, which is a nightmare for this talk, comes only to steal and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the devil comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus comes that we can have life to the full. Opposite, complete opposite. The devil, God has beauty, and the devil wants to deface it. God shows love, we have love, and Satan wants to corrupt it. Or we have unity, and Satan just wants to pull it apart. That's why following Jesus can just feel like a a war, (laughs) constant tug between I I want to do this but I want to do that we want to be honest but what happens if people saw the real you we want to live by the spirit but then we also want to indulge in food and alcohol and TV or social media we want to have whole relationships but we also like to look at things on the internet we are in a war and we need to take a side (laughs) C.S. Lewis writes, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second, is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Whew. It's heavy, <laughs> but it's true. The devil works through lies. He's always hated truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus called the devil the father of lies, the origin of deception. But there's good news. Because as at the beginning of the passage, as we so often hear... You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yes, there is a devil, but there's also God's truth. Okay, so in summary of that, that passage, there is a devil, he's a real and intelligent being who is at war with God and all that is good and beautiful, and he wants to corrupt it. He wants to spread death in our souls. And in society. And his primary method, not his only method, but his primary method is lies. And we need to take back control of our minds with with God's truth. Okay, so I've done quite a bit of talking and there was quite a lot there. So it would be good to spend some time in our groups just asking, reflecting what I just said. You can answer these questions if you want. How can you see... The devil spreading ruin, or what lies do you think he's using, or reflect on some of the things we've just been talking about. I'll give you a couple of minutes in your groups. Okay, brilliance. How's everybody doing? Rachel's giving me a thumbs up. Rachel's one of the most encouraging people ever. So thank you, Rachel. Um, okay, so for a moment, um, can you just shut your eyes and... What I want you to do is imagine how you're going to get home after church this morning. So whether you're going to walk or cycle or get the bus or go in a car, what paths will you take? What roads will you go down? Imagine where you're going. Okay, hopefully you are able to find your way home, I hope, uh, that you know the way that That you are able to think about the route to go. Because we are able to hold that in our minds, aren't we? We have a mental map. We don't always need Google Maps to, sometimes you do, but to get home, we can, we hold those images in our heads. We hold those thoughts from past experiences, because we've done it many times before. And the same is true about things in our life, how we navigate Work and relationships and family and money and sexuality. The the way that we make decisions on things is guided by these mental maps that we have in our minds. So through past experiences or what we've been taught or for various different reasons, we have these maps that help us navigate the way through. Now, if we believe in truth, in what God says, and our mental maps are are designed through what God says, then we'll end up going home, we'll live life to the full. But if we have our mental maps based on what the devil says, lies, then we probably won't. We'll end up with things going badly. Um, And the way that the the devil kind of does this is by giving us ideas. And um, I just wanted to share some ideas that... Uh, This was a quick Google search and ask of a few people in the office about some quotes. But a few quotes of things that I'm not 100% sure about, that I think are the kind of things that as a society, we maybe let ourselves believe. Okay, so number one, you will become whoever you want to be. Now I think, there's some truth in this, but I think as as a millennial... This is what we've been told a lot. You can be whoever you want to be. But actually, that's not totally true, I, I don't think. Um, and it, it, if we think that, then we might, it might lead us a bit to disappointment. Uh, maybe you don't agree. Okay, the second one. Everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. I don't know. I wonder what you think. Okay, the final one. Happiness is the meaning and purpose of life. The whole aim and end of human existence. But if my happiness is the center of everything, where does that leave other people? People around me? I don't know. I think it probably has some truth. I wonder what you think. Here are some other ideas that may be a bit more obvious, a little bit more negative that maybe you relate to. I'm only as good as I am successful at my work. I'm ugly and unworthy of love. I'm a bad person. Everything I do will fail. I have to be perfect to have peace. Some of these sound more obvious, some less obvious. I know for me, uh, certainly that last one, I have to be perfect to have peace. That brings me anxiety in my life because I, as as a severe perfectionist, I do really believe that sometimes. I don't want to. I want to believe in what God says. uh, A few years ago, I came off Facebook. Um, I think it was when the children were quite young. And there was loads and loads of social media posts about various different parenting methods. And some of them were true, some of them had some truth, some of them were just complete rubbish. And I would just read them and think, this is what I must do. And my mental map was totally formed around these social media posts. And so I came off of it because I wanted my mental map around parenting to be based on what Jesus says and what other wise people that are followers of Jesus say, not on what social media says. Some ideas can be really good and helpful, but some can be really unhelpful. And the devil uses these ideas to uh, get us as individuals and society to navigate things in really odd ways. My eldest is about to start secondary school in September. And the the subject of the moment, clearly, is what are the school and her peers going to say about gender and sexuality? When we went to the open evening, there was big displays about that. And I really want her mental map around gender and sexuality to be based on God's truth. And that is a truth of love. And it is one of truth. That's why I want her mental map to be around. But I guess maybe you're thinking, can we really know truth, though? Is it just an opinion? But if we go back to that, that first verse we were looking at, it says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Theo mentioned uh, a bit of this last week in his, in his talk, saying that, over the last 100 years or so, as we've secularized as a society, we've gone from founding a lot of what we do and believe on God's word, scripture, uh, religious ideas, to, f- to founding truth on science and maths and research, which is no bad thing. Uh, I'm not anti-science at all. Um, but what we've done in that process is move the religious ideas and truth about, from God to the more opinion category. And I think probably even as a church, we've kind of encouraged that a bit because we said things like, oh, we live by faith and not by sight, which is biblical and true. But sometimes we infer in that, oh, we've just got a completely blind faith. We're just going into the unknown. What we believe is truth, it's real. And it is, it, so much of the New Testament has got dates and names and factual things in that are absolutely true. I just want to go back to that um, blind elephant. No, the elephant. There we go. So this one, I don't know what you you thought about that. Now, the issue here in this picture for me is uh, that all of those people are blind. And um, we are not blind because Jesus has said... I am the light of the world and you won't live in darkness. And he said that I will come to set uh, the captives free and give sight to the blind. Jesus has come to give you sight. We can know that what God says is truth. And we can live in the light. We don't need to be blind. We don't need to be shy uh, because it's not just opinions what we believe, we come with truth, we are light bringers into our community and into culture and in society. We can shape what society that has as their mind maps because we are bringing light to them. So what we need to do with our mind maps is repent of any things that are lies and just not true and believe what God is saying is true Jesus has come to set us free. And this isn't a passive trust, it is a fight. We've got a daily enlist on this fight. Um, So, just as we finish, I wonder whose ideas you trust. I wonder if you're currently believing any lies. Lies about your body or sexuality, lies about whether or not you're chosen by God, lies about your past. Or your future? Or do you see lies dominating your community? We're going to spend some time uh, in those groups that we've been chatting in praying together. It's important that we um, are honest and open uh, about where we're at. But if you feel like this isn't the context, take that away to a close, trusted friend or in your pattern groups or community groups. Okay, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to spend some time chatting and praying in our groups. Jesus, I thank you that you have said that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free, that we can walk into any situation being carriers of your light, giving sight to the blind because of your truth. And Lord, I pray that over each of us this morning, that individually we would believe your truth over Satan's lies and that as a society, we would be shaping our communities and cultures by your truth and your light. Amen.